0: Hello, and welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. Yay! Yay.
1: I'm Nick Briggs. That is Paul Sprague making a noise. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes. Sorry, were you talking to the listeners or me? I don't know. You were, you were looking at your computer, so I had no way of working it out. I can't do eye contact. Right, OK.
0: Uh, Big Finish. Well, we love stories, and we make great full-cast audio drama and audio books. Our productions are based on much-loved TV series like Doctor Who, Dark Shadows, Blake 7 Stargate and Highlander, as well as classic characters such as Sherlock Holmes, The Phantom of the Opera and Dorian Gray, plus original creations such as Graceless and The Adventures of Bernice Summerfield. Will I say that every time?
1: Yeah. Probably, yeah. I've put up those pre-orders now. Have you? Oh, well done. You've well, been busy. I was, I'm assuming I have. We're recording these podcasts in succession. I haven't done it, done it between the podcasts. Oh, you've well, spoiled But look, I'm assuming between, it between the now. actual physical release of the podcasts, I will have done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Coming up in this podcast, the second and final part of our panel at the Gallifrey One Convention in Los Angeles... Uh, where Jason Hay Gallery and I attended and and had a lovely time and answered lots of questions put to us by the lovely people attending. That's in
1: a minute. I was going to say what were some of those, but people can presumably just listen and find that out. <laughs> yes, yes. I could preview all the questions now and, and render the rest of the podcast pointless.
0: When I say I could, I can't because I can't remember them. I'm relying on listening to the recording, frankly. Um, but before we do that, uh, Paul... Is there anything you want to say? Well, not, not really, no, nothing no. Nothing urgent. Why? Oh, good, that's all right, then. I just wanted to say, actually, you know, don't forget to look at our news stories. We noticed that uh, when, uh, when I mentioned at Gallifrey One that uh, the Companion Chronicles were coming to an end, almost the entire audience were shocked. The Companion Chronicles are coming to an end? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, why does no one tell me this stuff? Well... And, and that question is answered uh, in the LA bits of these podcasts, whether it was in the first part or the second part, I've no idea at the moment. Um, but yes, do have a look at our news stories. It seems to me that we're going to look into a way for, to get people to notice them more. I, I stupidly assume that people look at our news stories but it seems to me that maybe they don't
1: well, maybe I'm wondering if don't. people are, have, are not spotting the tabs of additional news stories and are just seeing the front one or not visiting yeah, the news page they one, and catching two, up three, on things there are four news stories always current that you can
0: just press the tabs under the news button or you can just press news at the top of the website where it says home, ranges, news what's new, podcasts, vortex about us and forums you can press the news bit and then you just get a list of all our news going back not forward going <laughs> backward
1: i've got i've got a little thing that you brought me back from los angeles that says i'm going forward yeah so I know, nice. that was laura who did that laura oh, who created the big finished pants
0: it's very sweet yes then what are those things called
1: well I don't know, you just gave it It's, I can't remember it's, what they're it's called, a bit that. of ribbon with, with some ribbons. sticky tape on them, They right? call them
0: ribbons I think but, And you stick them on the bottom of your badge And so you end up with a, a rib-
1: loads of ribbons oh, Looking see. like a sort of Tom oh, Baker yes, scarf were, Yeah there were a few of those in, uh, at, the Chicago, at the Chicago Convention
0: Yes it's a sort of tradition in America Doesn't right. happen in uh, Britain yeah. Never mind
1: um, have you got an email or two before we go off to Gallifrey one again? Oh, there's 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 loads of emails. Uh, Natalie Dunn says, oh. "Hi, I just wanted to say one or two things. All positive, I promise." There you go. That's that's how she's the in, last. Have I read
0: this one out? Oh,
1: have you? I don't know. She's saying uh, she's a part of the computer generation. Yes. All right. Well, I won't read, I've that, read that out that again. In the last okay. podcast, well, this, this is what, what happens you, with yeah. me not being around. Have you not listened to it? I did listen to it, but it was about a week and a bit ago, and so I've therefore deleted its presence from my brain. Natalie, it was nice to mention you again, anyway. Um, Alex Gibbons says, Hi, Nick, Paul and David. I'm loving the output this year and wondered if you three were coming to the Sci-Fi Day in Exeter in April. It would be great to see you again. No, I don't think we are, are we? No, not that I'm aware of, no. Sorry about that.
0: You make it sound like we've been invited. (laughs) We haven't, so there you go.
1: Um, John Crouch, listening in Colorado, apparently. It uh-huh. says, so concerning the 50th anniversary special, The Light at the End, mm-hmm. what will you get with the digital download versus the special edition? Oh, oh we've got a visitor. Oh, oh hello. hello. That's nice, look. Brilliant, West it's West the West postman. West. It? <laughs> <Mr. Darling>. Hello. <laughs> you were on Westminster Bridge, were you? All in five
0: uh, no, no, I was in the studio yesterday, though, wearing a wig. Anyway, what have
1: we got here? Have oh, lost it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or is it for me? Oh I've got a special I've got a special treat. That's nice. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I bet it's lovely. I bet it's not as exciting as it looks, is it?
0: <laughs> You're now gonna be in a podcast, Mitch.
1: Yeah. It's Jacob it's, and Life at it, Series 5. Wow!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. There, you are. there he goes. He was very underwhelmed by the prospect of being in a podcast, <laughs> I can tell you that.
1: Anyway, there was the post. You probably, well, probably never listened to the podcast. No. That I'm, wasn't never actually will. the postman, was it? We should probably explain that. No, no. no. <laughs> that, that was Mitch, the building manager. Yes. Who does deliver post? He does, yes. It's very nice like that. Anyway, the light at the end, the digital download will contain the documentaries and will contain the story and will contain the revenants. Um, it just will be lacking the booklet really yes and, and the, the documentaries sort of
0: there's one all about big finish as well as about the making of uh, the light at the end
1: yeah it seemed to go very well all the recording days of but light at the end and what yeah. I and this is the other thing I did listen to that podcast because it had the light at the end trailer at yeah. the end it, yeah. which made me really excited and, and I know all about it so so well done <laughs> yes and we have
0: a little uh, uh sort of video slideshow trailer of it uh which you can see, which is available on that uh, on the product
1: page of The Light at the End.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, lovely. So yes, The Light at the End, you can now <laughs> pre-order to, yeah. it, and uh, yes, it's going to have all manner of things. Um, yes, another email? <clears throat> uh, Michael Lork says, you finally read my email on a show, and it turns out it was all lies. That was about the naughty swearing. Oh yeah. Now Now I have a new cursing related Big Finish anecdote My wife has recently been frustrated with my 11 year old's new fondness for adding flipping to every other sentence she utters After motherly interrogation my wife reported that the origin of this bad habit was someone believed by my wife to be on TV Called Lucy Miller (laughs) I won't tell her if you don't (laughs) Hmm. I like that, it's a nice story It's not swearing though, flipping No, I don't think so it's, it's better than the thing that it's often substituted for, at least. <laughs> well, that's what we substituted it for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony Presley says, Just a note to say a massive thanks to you all for hosting the Toby Haydoke interview series. I find the respectful of the subject and not too fawning. Informative, but not too bogged down with fanish detail. Friendly and relaxed. They've all been fab. The chat with Waris Hussain was just wonderful. Or is it Waris Hussain? It's Waris. Waris Hussain, sorry. I've never heard an interview with him before and I loved it. And yes, Toby, I would love to hear the rest of that interview. As a thank you, I've given a tenner to his requested charity. Oh, brilliant. That was cancer research. It's Boris Hussain, of course, the
0: first ever director of Doctor Who. Uh, Toby Haydok's Who's Round. If you haven't been listening to them, it's really worth a listen. They're very informal chats with people who have been in Doctor Who over the years. And as you may or may not know, Toby's avowed aim is to get an anecdote about every single Doctor Who story in this, the 50th anniversary year for the programme. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. He's doing well, though, isn't he? Yeah. I don't. I haven't seen his master list that he's presumably ticking off. Yes, it's uh,
1: up on his website, I believe, isn't oh, it? Oh, is it? What's his website address? Oh, I think it's actually tobyhaydoke.com, but I'd have to check.
0: Shall I just check?
1: Yeah, you, do, you check while I read out this other one that says... Uh, Firstly, a big thank you to Toby for his continuingly fascinating interviews. Yes, that is a word. I, for one, would love to hear Warris the same talk about anything at all. So if Toby decides Waris. to... Warris. Warris. This is the problem, you say. <laughs> all these years of never hearing his name said until that interview and now I've forgotten already. Anyway, he'd love to hear him talking about anything at all. So if Toby decides to neglect his children and put out the rest of the interview, I shan't complain. That's from Carl Olsen. Oh. And Toby's uh, website is indeed called tobyhaydock dot com. Called that's its name. Hello. He could also uh, do with any information. So if anyone happens to have have known or met or got an email address for or in any way is in touch with someone from the Doctor Who production team over the years, he's happy to take a tweet or a yes <laughs> a message look on his him website up on
0: Twitter and uh, and also you can you can send stuff to us and we can pass it on podcast at bigfinish.com absolutely
1: yes i've passed on those emails already to give him a bit of feedback brilliant because he was he was asking if people wanted to hear the full unexpurgated version of that interview which runs to significantly longer than he edited it down to so who knows it may turn up at some future point listen it's time to go back to la alright
0: Yes, yeah, it's fine. That's your, fine
1: by me. <laughs> thanks for your reaction.
0: <laughs> Way! <Whey! laughs> that's brilliant. Too late. I think I need to shake some gravy granules. Ooh, can there's, I, there's can a I just ask you there. this
1: one question of three from this email? Yeah. Go on, that man. says, uh, Nick Nick Ferraza or Ferrata has said, uh, challenge Mr. Briggs, aka Dalek Face. I'm sure I speak for many fans when I ask, is it out of the question to hear you do an entire podcast in your Dalek voice?
0: Yes, it is out of the question.
1: <laughs> Please do it, or else. Or else, I'll probably carry on and not do anything about it, but still, it would be cool if you did. I think I'd go mad if you did an entire podcast in a Dalek voice.
0: It would be very
1: annoying. <laughs> Reminds me of that little Dalek relaxation video that I showed you that was on YouTube. (laughs) Relax! That wasn't me. That that my brother found and sent to me in January. (laughs) I thought thought that was enormously entertaining. A lot of people have sent me links to that, (laughs) yeah. Quite
0: right. Anyway, back to Los Angeles. Okay, back to Los Angeles and the Gallifrey One Convention.
1: Can you tell us a bit more about the plans for the early adventures? Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, well, they're, they're um, in the style... The early adventures are a replacement for the lost stories, not a replacement for the companion chronicles. Uh, the reason, by the by, that we've stopped the companion chronicles, or are going to, there's, there's still 16 left to go. Have you not heard this announced? Uh, Apparently there were some people who were going to come and sit on me because of it.
2: (laughs) Oh, there we go. Oh, it's
0: you, is it? Right. right. Well, the thing to say about the Companion Chronicles is to give people a chance to catch up with them. Because by the time they finish, there will be... I'm now answering to you. Um, (laughs) There will be 80 of them, which is a lot. And a lot of people have been picking and choosing. And we'd we'd like people to, to have a chance to pick up all of the ones they want. And what was your question again? You know, the lost stories like uh, Farewell Great Macedon and and we're going to do them a bit more like that. So they'll feature the first and second uh, doctors, Um, although the one I'm writing one for the second series of early adventures and the and I'm trying to make it more like drama. Uh, It's it's a second Doctor one, and you know, and Fraser is is very capable of doing a second Doctor voice, which I think just stands up as him in a dramatic scene. He doesn't have to say Mm. "said the Doctor" all the time, so you know, so it'll be more like that. Yeah, very exciting. I've I've already I was at the recording of one of them recently, not directing it, just into to to listen, and it's it's really great actually. Yeah. Have you
1: got any um, plans for the future, that Tom Baker?
0: That haven't got any plans for the future of the fourth doctor range? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, we thought we'd do 12 and then go, do you know what? It's not worth it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Having spent uh,
2: the best part of 15 years trying to convince him to do it. Um, Sorry. I'll, I'll
1: rephrase my question. <laughs> what I was sort of getting at was the fact that obviously, sadly, you, you can't do any more of the minor ones with it. Yeah. Um,
2: Leela. You know,
0: well, we're constantly reviewing that. Um, yeah. He's only talking about Lala Ward. I know. <laughs> have you
3: ever or, considered asking her?
2: We have asked her. Well, no, well, we she, didn't she, ask her. She, she
0: volunteered. So. yes, yeah. When we first yeah. worked with her, she said, yeah. when am I going to do one of these with Tom then? But, you know, I don't know how Tom would feel about it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean, mean, we've got this. Next year is with Leela. And then after that, we'll have Leela and K-9. So, uh, yeah. Sarah Sutton with Tom. That would be a possibility.
3: Mm.
2: It's a a sad um, synchronicity, I suppose. That's probably the wrong word that uh, Mary did one season on TV and one season on audio. Um, but uh, it's it's wonderful that she was able to commit to finishing that series.
0: She was so determined, you've probably heard me say it before, she's so determined to do it, you know. When she told us she was ill, you know, the, the next sentence was, but I really want to do this. So. I, I, I enjoyed the, um,
2: the new one that's just
0: come out. I was a bit the Antimatter, oh, The Sands of Life.
2: Due to, due, yeah, due to,
0: It didn't put you to sleep then. It, did, it didn't put you to sleep, no. Well, I hope I hope that um, I had a lot of fun working on The Sands of Life apart from writing and directing it. Also, I did the music for it and I wanted it to sound very of the time. So- uh, Actually, I was gonna say, one
2: thing I enjoyed about it was the music because it,
3: it's- um, Oh, thanks.
0: It sounded just like it came out of the era. Yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that because I basically worked out that you know Dudley Simpson had very limited resources uh, musically you know although he was a brilliant composer uh, so he would use a lot of woodwind and, and stuff like that but just single instruments and then to make up for the fact that he didn't have an orchestra he just used some outrageous synthesizer sound <laughs> and once you've got that combination of woodwind and, and you know flutes or whatever uh, and then you have meow, meow coming, suddenly you just think that just sounds like Dudley Simpson yeah I had a hell of a time doing. it lo- in a good way. I really enjoyed it. Where was the question? Hello. So I really enjoyed the performance you had with Jamie and Zoe with the Sixth Doctor in Recent Adventures. Are there any thoughts about bringing the two of them back again with other Doctors or again with Colin Baker? And as a segue to this gentleman's question, what about having them with Tom Baker? Yeah, we're we're always quite keen on mixing up the companions and doctors, Mm. and I I can't really give anything away at the moment, sorry. Um, But, yeah, there are some interesting thoughts not a million miles away from what you're talking about. Sorry, this is like me not giving any answers at all, isn't it? Yes, hello. Uh,
1: Rather than trying to put you on the spot and ask you what you're going to do in the future, uh, question... What have done in the past? Question about decision-making and then just a suggestion from a fan who listens and pays Um. (laughs) Um, They really enjoyed the dark eyes box set really enjoyed the new unit Dominion box set If if I were to compare say the unit box set with the previous run of unit stories I felt like the first run were, were sort of four individual stories Whereas the new one was sort of one long story curious about the decision to do individual stories versus one story and then as as a fan i think i prefer the individual stories to get four completely different flavors so would you mind talking about the decision making behind that
0: um yeah i would if i could remember why i made those decisions <laughs> <laughs> i think i just for some reason fell in love with the idea because i came up with the original story for union dominion anyway and uh which jason Arnopp adapted and then i adapted his scripts. Um, I no giggling in the ranks, um, and uh, <laughs> I think I, I don't know what was the matter with me. I was just into telling long stories. Certainly, uh, Dark Eyes Two, which will be coming out at some point, that won't—that isn't going to be a continuous story. That's going to be, yeah. I mean, there will be a continuing thread because the plan is to do Dark Eyes Two, Dark Eyes Three, and Dark Eyes Four. That's oh, wow. that's the idea. The plan is for Dark Eyes 2 in November, Dark Eyes 3 the following March, and Dark Eyes 4 the following November. And when we finally get ourselves into gear and announce that, there will be an advanced subscription, uh, uh, reduced subscription rate to pay for that package as well. Um, But they will be uh, separate stories. I mean, for Dark Eyes 2, I think uh, I'm writing the first disc... uh, and Matt Fitton is writing two, and Alan Barnes is writing one, so that's the way it's going to go, you know. We've been mapping the story out. And there's a fascinating reason why it's called Dark Eyes, not the one you probably are thinking. I i i think, yes, I can tell you what, what you're thinking. <laughs> yes, I'm getting a name. Uh, is it Molly? No. Anyway, right. Yes, hello. <laughs> oh, I don't know which... Yes, go on, you.
3: Um, so you've got Claudia Black already, and you probably... You probably got this question before any Farscape plans oh. um,
2: <clears throat> well actually I did uh, go in and see um, uh, Jim Henson productions to talk about a Farscape um, and then they went very very quiet and in fact the guy who I was supposed to see basically sort of refused to see me when I turned out and thought this is very odd I've um, I've, uh, I've I've got a meeting with you, basically. He said, uh, you can't see you. Um, and they wouldn't tell me why. Of course, uh, and subsequently we all discovered that, of course, they were being bought out by Disney. Um, so during that period of time, they obviously were under instructions. Suddenly, A, they couldn't tell me why they couldn't see me, and B, they couldn't do anything. So um, so I should really go back again and see what the situation is now that Disney has all settled down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, um, Farscape is a fantastic series, but we slightly found ourselves with both Highlander and also with Stargate really not selling as many as we should have done, Um, bearing in mind that there is substantial support for both those series and big fandoms. And it's uh, been a bit of a, I would say, you know, it's a bit of a disappointment. um,
0: It's more and more, we seem to find that the Doctor Who market seems to be unique, You know, in their willingness to uh, have their stories continue on audio.
2: I mean, it's it's interesting because we got Claudia Black and um, Michael Shanks back to do full drama for Stargate. And bearing in mind, there is no Stargate of any sort out there at the moment. Uh, You would think that people would be interested. And because it wasn't on television, they just weren't. Which is a great shame because it's a brilliant box set. Both of them are brilliant box sets, and they're great stories. Um, so there we go. It's a bit sad,
0: isn't it? To, to the Stargate,
1: are you marketing it to the Stargate community? Yes. <laughs> I, I, like, can, can you elaborate on that, or or is that? Well,
2: that? I I haven't been doing it. It's Paul Sprague has been doing it, okay. but yeah, but he has been posting on the websites, giving offers out, um, making people aware of it. Uh, We have been doing Facebook ads. We've been doing the usual sort of thing that you would do, which works very well with Doctor Who, for example. Um, But it's, um, I think there is, we've had a lot of feedback. We looked at the forums, and the forums, for example, are saying basically, you know, there is an issue, which is that you can buy, um, you know, a box set of Stargate for 17 quid um, for 17 pounds, or I don't know how much they are over here, and you get 26 episodes or whatever. the reality is that we can't afford to do an episode for 50
0: cents, basically, per person. It just doesn't work. So And unfortunately, th- arguing that to them, it, it makes no... D- they're not concerned no. with that, no. you know what I mean? They just want what they want, and you say, well, we have to pay for... It. They're not interested, you know? No. I don't mean that in a horrible way. Why should it be of a concern to them, you know? It's just, yeah, they don't appreciate I think there's a, the, the uh, way we a. What happened within
2: Doctor Who it. fandom, of course, was when we came along there was a, a, a sort of understanding, almost, that there was never gonna be any more Doctor Who, that the, the feeling, people forget now, that the feeling after the, um, the American movie was more along the lines of, uh, that was our last chance to get this series back on air, um, back in 96. So when we came along in 99, with Sirens of Time, written by some hack. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you Sold know, very there well, there. <laughs>
2: I mean that in the most loving way uh, the 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 reception for it was enormous because they people just wanted Doctor Who back, and if they felt this was the future of Doctor who that that was the feeling wasn't it, Nick, that this would be the future of Doctor who that the fans would own it effectively hmm. and that we were making it for the fans
0: and we believed that as well, yeah, and you know, yeah. and that kind of. Uh, you know we're Doctor Who through and through and I suppose that even though many people involved in Big Finish like Stargate we're not Stargate through and through so we don't fully understand it I mean you know what I mean yeah
2: but carrying on from what I was saying basically I think there's a big distinction there because when we started there was a lot of support for Big Finish and what we were doing and people were willing to pay the money because it was brand new Doctor Who and it was the only way they were going to get new Doctor Who whereas Stargate I think they're just waiting for the next movie or the next series in some format. You know, they don't, you know, it's been a huge, hugely successful series and they've made an awful lot of money out of it. They're not going to let it lie. It's like letting Star, Star Trek lie. They're not going to let that die. So they will come back and do it again, I'm sure. But
0: Can I just get a question from over yeah, here? Because sure. this gentleman's been very <clears> patient. <throat> um, I I imagine there's not a huge fan base for Dodo Chaplet or Adric, but I wondered
2: if you had had any discussions with Jackie Lane or Matthew Waterhouse. I think they're the only living um, ex-companions who you haven't uh, been in touch with. And if you can't answer that, I have another one for you.
3: What
2: what worked beyond your wildest imaginings in the last 15 years with Big Finish? What was the one play or series that went far, far better than you thought it was going to?
0: Very interesting questions. Matthew Waterhouse, there's mm. possibilities there.
2: I think Adric Empire has a sort of <laughs> ring to it, <laughs> not <doesn't> it? He
3: has done
0: the Dark Shadows. He has, yes, you're right. Uh, Matthew did Dark Shadows for us. No,
2: we, I, I had a very lovely conversation with Matthew last time I met him at a convention. I can't remember, I think it was Chicago. Um,
0: there are things afoot. Yeah. Yeah, Jackie Lane. I, don't, I did meet her ages ago uh, doing a Mythmakers with her. I mean, she's so not involved in acting anymore. Mm. I don't know whether she just... I don't know whether she sees that.
3: Hmm.
0: I should talk to David Richardson about it, really. Uh, I just... I think she she sort of... Uh, i got a feeling we did sort of left ask Left the Doctor Who world. Mm. I mean, but Maureen O'Brien did that years ago, didn't she? That's true. And then um, you know the story, of course, that uh, Derek Hambly said, oh, we could sell some of your books when you uh, do signings. So and then uh, she did her first signing and sold 200 books in one go. And she just said, this is amazing. I love Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> She makes no bones about it. She just says that, you know. Okay, and what, b- beyond wildest imaginings? My imaginings are quite wild. <laughs> do
2: you know what, what you see, it, for me, it was um, recently, it's been Unit Dominion because um, Yeah. I think, I think because... You know, there's. I think internally, we felt that maybe we would taken a misstep with Unit the first series, which is why we didn't immediately commission a second series. We actually put it away in a box and thought about it before we it came around again and decided to do another series based on Unit.
0: Yes, um, it was Klein, the whole Klein character yes, that really absolutely. inspired it for us, and the fact yeah. that and sometimes you know personalities are so important. Like, you know, Tracy Childs is such Fantastic. an amazing. She's a great actress and she's just an amazing person to work with. You know, and that just, you know, after having uh, met her, uh, I just said, oh, we've got to do something else with her." And David mm-hmm. Richardson said, "How about UNIT, the Seventh Doctor, the Master?" I, I haven't given anything away here. Uh, and, and Klein, you know, yeah, but uh- well, Joe Grant was going to be in there, and I just went, oh, "That's too much. I can't fit it all in." <laughs> like, you
2: know. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is actually creating a shopping list Mm. of what you want in a story, because often it it, an unrealistic shopping list. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. David Richardson's
0: very good at shopping lists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's very good at lists. You see us in our meetings. He sits there with his iPad with all the uh, the agenda items, and basically, if we start waffling,
0: he'll look at this
2: in a certain way, as if to say, get goes, with it.
0: Anyway, back to the agenda, <laughs> you <say. laughs> yes. yes. And we Mind do waffle a, a lot. Paul, well, you do. Yeah. But yes, uh,
2: shopping lists are sometimes a very bad idea because basically you end up with stories which are... I can't use the phrase, but, but you know the phrase I'm probably looking at, which is fan-w. Oh,
0: um, that English word, That yes. English
2: <laughs> word. Um, and it just doesn't seem to work. However, so there, there could have been a lot, th- a lot of things go wrong... With Dominion, but actually, when you listen to it, it was just such a rollicking adventure. You just really loved it.
0: I was, I was quite, you know, I can reveal now that I was quite worried about Union mm. Dominion. I did say that beforehand because it had, had a bit of a rocky rise in the script process. I'll say no more than that. Uh, so I was worried, but uh, no one was more delighted than me when, uh, when it seemed to go down very well. Beyond the wildest imaginings. I mean, I was, I realised how. How not tense, I was was holding in something about dark eyes. I didn't, I mean, you know, immodestly, I thought we'd done well on it, but you never know what people will think, do you? And and it was so phenomenally popular and even got a good review in Doctor Who magazine. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? (laughs) it? Even Matt Michael gave me a good review. (laughs) You like a little dig against Matt, don't you? Bless him. Um, I said, on the Christmas podcast, did you hear it? I said, uh, yeah. Even Matt Michael's given us a few good reviews, and David was going... <laughs> <laughs> I thought, sorry, it's live, I'm just carrying on. Yeah, yeah. But, I said, but it's still best not to read his reviews in future.
2: But uh, can I just say, we, um, uh, I phoned up Nick after I saw Avengers Assemble, and um, no, you mentioned
0: this in a meeting, actually. Yeah, I said basically it's the same script, which I've never seen. Uh, Unit Dominion, you mean? Yeah, Unit yeah, yeah.
2: Dominion is basically the same idea as, and script outline as um, Avengers Assemble, effectively, yeah. just slightly lower budget. <laughs> um, no,
0: I think we had a higher budget actually in terms of visuals. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that, did they have flying heads? They had flying, armoured, covered slugs. Well, that's just stupid <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Oh, There's some questions over there Shout them out I'm sorry if that wasn't a very good answer But uh, you know, I don't know why I'm here I'm rubbish at answering things <laughs> Yes, over there How much, if any, creative control Does BBC have over what you do And is there anything you wanted to do That they've put the kibosh on? Uh, how much control does the BBC have Over our stuff Well, it's their product um so everything goes past them uh we're very lucky that we have a very good relationship with them and that they know us and trust us we also make sure that they don't have a- any cause to uh wrap our knuckles we we know what the rules are and we don't push it cuz we don't we don't want them to feel that we're going to go crazy and do and we ask them everything you know like like for for doing uh, the light at the end uh, which is a multi-doctor story. You know, we we didn't just write a storyline and send it to them. We said, "How would you feel about us doing a multi-doctor mm-hmm. story?" You know, because we don't know what you're going to do on television, and will it? Blah, blah, blah. I, I just made a funny noise then. I don't know what that meant. Um, <clears throat> and they and they said, "Fine, yeah, that's okay." So we do ask. We quite often ask about things in principle as well as you know, sending them storylines. And, you know, uh, they have... And we're sub-licensed through Audio Go, and they have people who listen to the finished productions who write a little report on it, you know, to say if anything's inappropriate. Again, we self-edit, you know, we we anticipate any problems. And we. I don't think there's been any instance in which mm. the BBC have told us that something we've, we've created that we couldn't go forward with it. That's never happened. There have been things like, which I'm sure you've heard, that you know, we were told in advance that uh, we couldn't use the master for a while because Russell was building up to that big master finale with the, and, the Tenth um, Doctor.
2: When the series came back, um, Gary had uh, a storyline involving uh, Queen Victoria. Oh, yes. And this was actually before the first series came out. And um, we were asked not to use it by Russell. So that's fine. So I sat there through the whole of the first season, waiting for Queen Victoria to turn up, and she didn't, obviously. Yeah. And then she didn't Tooth and Claw, but um, you know, so he was already thinking about the second season, uh, you know, when he was doing the first, obviously. Um, so f- yeah. So things like that have occasionally happened. Where they said, "We would, you you can't really do this."
0: I mean, The Sounds so. of Life was originally the creatures. If you've, any of you have heard it yet, who's heard The Sounds of Life, anyone? No, it's only just out. OK. That's just three people. Goodness. Uh, it, was, uh, it was, its as you'll s- gather from the title, there's sand in it. And there's some creatures in the sand. Originally, the cr- Yeah, well. Uh, originally, the creatures were in the water. I think it was called the Oceans of Life or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. It was so long ago. And we were asked not to do that because of that pirate story, you know? Because there was something, uh, an alien coming up from under the water, you know? And so I had to change it to something else. But the mismatch between when our thing was coming out and the, even if we had done something about Creatures Under the Water, it's so many years since that was on, but mm. maybe that wasn't fully appreciated at the time. I mean, so we the, are given little warnings like that.
2: One of the things that people probably don't realise is how far ahead we plan.
0: I we're, we're actually now... Pl- mm. We plan further ahead than the TV series. Yeah. That's one of the problems, yeah. And part of the reason for that is that
2: a lot of people we employ actually do other jobs. Whether it's full-time jobs or they they're freelancers and so forth, so they have to schedule in the work they do for us, and um, and also you know the reality is it it's advantageous for us to be thinking very much ahead um, so that we know where we're going, hmm. and um, it's it's uh, David's very good at scheduling, and we actually have you know sheets with all the productions on them for the next couple of years. Um, and we know where we're going, which is
0: great. All the various deadlines for storyline delivery, script delivery, script approval, all that. It's all columns. So we're actually, we're quite grown up and we have to, uh, we have to do like a proper no, job. No, David you know. is
2: quite cr- uh, grown up. Yeah,
0: I'm a bit he- grown up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Websites, that's all I'm saying. I have to be very grown up about that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. Right, all shout them at once. No, <laughs> Now You've been... Very patient.
3: Actually, I wanted to loop back to the point when you were saying that Big Finish was the only Doctor Who available. And so, of course, new the drama. Doctor Who... Yeah. And and um, what was the impact then on your sales of the reboot of the show? Are the fans who discovered the show and are pretty much new Doctor Who fans, are they backwashing and and buying classic uh, uh, we, who, we lost
2: or? about a quarter of our sales when Who came okay. back. Okay. Um, and... It's interesting. It was a difficult time. It was a difficult time. time. Um, You know, people say, "Why do you produce so many things? You know, why we got so many strands?" Because there is a hardcore fan base that will Mm. buy everything we do, and to some extent, we need that because we need. There's two elements. To a large extent, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, there's two elements. One, we really enjoy doing them, and people really enjoy listening to them. And then we have to spread our fixed costs right. over a number of titles to make it viable. Um, we, ha- we are, you know, we've had a very good last quarter um, and that's because of the both critical and sales reaction to the special releases we've done and it's, it has changed some of the things that we are thinking of doing going forward. Um, like, for example, doing Dark Eyes 2, 3, and 4. There was always some intention maybe to go back to it, but now it's, it's become very crystallised the idea this is what we should be doing because this is actually what you guys want. We also deliberately tested, as you can see, there was different numbers of CDs with different pricing on. So although um, Dark Eyes and Unit Dominion... Was Unit Dominion 4Disc? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so although there's four discs of story in each of those Dark Eyes and Unit Dominion, they were done at different pricing. That was because we wanted to see if we give, gave you a better price, would more of you buy it? Would more of you say, this is a fantastic offer, we'll do this? Which was really the case, actually. A lot of people did buy, um, a lot more people than expected bought Dark Eyes. Um, and we now have to go away and think about everything going forward but um, it was also if you remember we did the uh, the pricing of, of the downloads for a pound on mm-hmm. uh, the Jago and Lightfoot meets the Sixth Doctor releases and uh, that was very successful as well um, so uh,
3: where am I going with this Nick?
0: I don't know um, <laughs> We were talking about the
3: well, I, w- I was yeah. just wondering the impact of the new show, whether yeah. it, I hadn't realized it was that bad. I thought it maybe it
2: had brought in new... We have
0: gained... We've, we've crawled back up.
3: Yeah. Okay. I
2: mean, yeah. we didn't we didn't sit there going, oh, my God, we'll... You know. yeah. But basically, what we have seen over the last few years is a lot of new Doctor Who fans becoming curious about the history of the show. And also... Uh, there was—I suspect there's an awful, awful lot of uh, 12-year-olds who came along with Christopher Eccleston, who now um, are potentially, you know, have <laughs> spare cash and are willing to come and invest in in the past, which is what we deal in, as it were, the the classic doctors.
0: I mean, um, I was going to say. Sorry, so, so
2: our our sales are are um, nice and healthy at the moment. Um, I mean, there were
0: certain things I had to do. That is good news, especially for my family. Uh, <laughs> um, there are certain things I came in to do when I took on being executive producer, and I I had to make some difficult decisions about costs. Uh, you know, previously, uh, the doc- there wasn't really a budget for the Doctor Who stories. There was a sort of... Um, a nod and a wink and, all we can probably afford that. But I actually sat down and made budgets and then worked out ways of solving, uh, of of saving money. um, And also, and, and cutting down on some costs. So I had to make quite, I had to give people a bit of bad news. So we did have to tighten our belts a bit, but just really be more in control of what we were spending. And so now we're at the stage where David Richardson, the arch list maker, um, can present to Jason, uh, You know, he can say, in the next six months, I project we will be spending this. And then Jason can say whether that's actually feasible, Mm. you know, whereas previously that sort of conversation. Because, of course, we, you know, we're fans and it was a cottage industry. And it's just, in order to survive in this difficult climate, difficult from the point of view of economics generally, and difficult from the point of view for us, as it happened when the new TV series came back, you know, we have to just grow up a little bit more Mm. and just you know, run it a bit, little bit more sensibly. And, that you know, unbelievably for someone who messes around all the time, that was actually my function in the history of Big Finish to come in and do that, which seems, you know... But really, I, I just make lots of jokes because I'm so terribly depressed. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes, go on. Um, oh, you haven't done one yet, have you? No. Tom
1: Baker is famously a fairly uh, eccentric uh, performer. Correct. And <laughs> when he did those other series for those other people... I felt his performance was a bit too broad, which hasn't happened mostly in what you've done. How much of that is your direction in editing? How much of that's come from Tom?
0: It's an interesting one. I do believe that it's, um, the writing sort of sets the tone really. And I think the audio go ones were written in a far more whimsical way. And I think Tom took his cues from that. And I think I'm a little bit more anorak about his performance than perhaps the people at Audio Go were. And I, I'm sometimes reduced to... I mean, you don't want to be unpopular with Tom, because that's difficult. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm sometimes reduced to saying things like, when you, when you used to do it, you used to do that thing like that. And that's why I've written it, because like, you used to say it like that. <laughs> uh, 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 and bless him, he more or less always goes, oh, right, oh, right, okay. And then he'll do it, you know. Sometimes he just doesn't know what I'm getting at. And, you know, like I had a line the other day that he had to say, that's odd, that's very odd. And he always used to say that. And he changed the line when he came to it. He said, odd, odd, it's very odd, yes. And I said, no, you, you say that's odd, that's very odd, that's what you say. And, you know, because he's been received well, I think, you know, a great trust has built up between us. I mean, he is a unique human being. Yeah, unique. Have I told you about my sh- Tom Baker and my shoes? No. Yeah, he's, these shoes are a great source of conversation. They're, don't bother looking, they're totally unremarkable. No, don't do that, you'll... <laughs> Break the Velcro, I had to get that replaced the other day. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Yeah, somehow we, it, we've, we always find that we're the two guys in the green room with the slip-on shoes, and he says it's because we're both so old we can't bend down to do up our shoelaces. <laughs> and so always, there's a, if there's a lull in the conversation, he'll just lean back and say, yeah, Nick, uh, how are the shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I swear one day, I haven't found out his shoe size, I think I'm just going to buy him Sorry. a pair. Yeah, yeah. He did say to me that um, we were in the middle of doing something and he'd made one of his incredible suggestions, and I said, uh, "I'm going to go with that, Tom. I think I think we'll do that." And he said, "Oh, oh, Nick," he said, "I can't tell you the pleasure it gives me when you accept one of my suggestions." I said, "Well," <laughs> I said, "I do try to accept as many as possible." And he said, "I, I know, I know." <laughs> he said, "In fact, at the weekend I was redrafting my will, and I." I've left you a little something. <laughs> uh, I said, what, a pair of shoes? Uh, yeah. Bless him. He is lovely. I mean, uh, you would never have thought, would you, the man who didn't want to come back and do it, who, who's been... Uh, I'm avoiding you for the moment. Okay. Oh, you're, you're
1: new. It's not a question, but I just want to say how much I absolutely love everything you guys do. And yes. Yes. I just... Especially with the I'm sixth sure. Doctor. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I think that all your. For you, the people who've <laughs> just
0: come in. <laughs> <laughs> you're late. <laughs> it's good to see you, though. Right.
1: What you done with Colin Baker, especially? I just feel like you've just recreated the character, and he's so wonderful. He's probably my favourite Doctor now, and it's all thanks to you guys. So
3: I love you guys. <laughs> well,
2: this is a this is a comment we get a lot actually, and the fact that uh, Colin, uh, I can't remember which year. I think it was the after the I think the 41st anniversary. Whole. Um, but there was a couple of very good um, Colin Baker audios came out that year, and he Just actually won favorite Doctor. He
0: did in, in Doctor Who magazine, down, yeah.
2: And that's that's great, and it's it's you know obviously testament to his acting, uh, but also hopefully to the way in which we treated his Doctor, um, and it's, it's allowed him to bring out so many elements. He was very he def- he very much sat down and discussed how he wanted to be, um, and how he wanted his Doctor to progress with Big Finish, Mm. because the first story we did in isolation, which was Whispers of Terror, wasn't it? Yes, it it was. Um, It was written as if it was in the day, as it were, and he said, this is great, this is lovely, however, and then we had a discussion about how he wanted to do it going forward, because he perceived that what he did on television wasn't entirely what he would have wanted to have done. And I don't think I'm telling tails out score cuz I'm sure he said that many times. Yeah, well. he wanted it to develop. Yeah.
0: He said, you know, it was a journey, didn't he? And that, and that yeah. you only saw the beginning of it, unfortunately.
2: Yes. So hopefully we've continued that journey and uh and I think um we're very proud of of, you know, what Collins' doctor has contributed and it, to big finish,
0: and, it's, and we've we've experimented really mm. with his doctor the most. Yes, we keep totally. Keeping, and talking of Colin, I just did want to mention something I mentioned in the podcast recently about Maggie Stables. You might have heard that she's been very poorly for the last few years, which is why she's not been in. And a number of you, after I said that, well, I don't mean necessarily you, but but you listening through the microphone wire. <laughs> um, You know, got in touch and said, you know, can we send her a a, a card? And I think the best thing to do is to send it to the Big Finish mailing address. Put Maggie Stables care of and we will we will send any any cards and things you want to send on to her. (laughs) Um, I I was moved to phone her after I'd said that. And she she's doing pretty well. I mean, the last time I'd spoken to her was last summer. And uh, so I thought it was I thought I must be, you know, you get so busy and you forget to just be a proper human being and speak to people who you love. And uh, she was in really good spirits. She said, oh, I'm 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 as I was when you spoke to me last year, which is good. You know, mm. I don't want to go into all the personal details, but she's still able to get out and meet friends and stuff like that. But, you which know, great. it's it's great. So if if you fancy sending. Maggie message even if you just want to email it to the inquiries address or to the, the podcast at bigfinish.com address you know we will compile them and we will let Maggie know and she was delighted when I said that people wanted to wish her well and you know hope she gets better and She's all this she was, she was really yeah and she was so sweet because we were recording a Sylvester McCoy story at the time when I was phoning her and she said oh I, I do say hello to Sylvester he probably won't remember me but of course I said <laughs> I said to Sylvester you know Maggie was oh yes yes well she sends her love like, oh oh, brilliant, you must tell her, you know, lovely. Anyway, you want to ask something, Julie. Yeah. Do you want to give me anything that's been knitted? <laughs> not this time, not this time.
3: Actually, um, I'm really excited about the 50th anniversary release. and I'm. Are you? I am terribly We can't be bothered I, now. In fact, you <laughs> might say, no, no. <laughs> so not true.
0: Yeah. Well, you might say I'm
3: looking forward to it.
0: Hey. But <laughs> forward, argh. Where is Paul Sprague when you don't want him? Anyway. I
3: have a special present for you guys. Oh, well, in, in hold on, hold on. But she's not finished. <laughs> but <laughs> but she's my, finished.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but my question is: there's a whole list
3: of things, extra stuff that you get if you order the CD. But how much of that do you get if you order the download?
0: <sighs> yeah, you do. I mean, you get the documentaries and the uh, and the revenants, but yeah, you don't get the photos and the yeah, booklet. because
2: there's going to be. Uh, we can't really tell you exactly what's happening yet, but this the presentation is going to be unique. And it's going to be limited edition. And it will, um, without giving away too much at the moment, uh, it is going to be completely unlike anything we've done before.
0: Hmm. Yeah, hey. (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know.
3: (laughs) ...to Chicago to sell, or are they only... Hopefully,
2: yes. Uh, no, no, you can order them through uh, Gene and so forth if you... If you Alien you, Entertainment. Alien Entertainment, etc. But, yes, I mean, I anticipate we will be bringing some there, unless the unthinkable happens and that we actually sell out of them beforehand, which could happen. Okay, so because we are going to have a... Diff- yeah, gotcha. Yeah, there will be a limited ed- edition, and we won't be repressing. However... At this moment, we're not releasing how many we're doing because we want to see how many people want them. So, hmm, there you so go. So,
3: they're, they're orderable in advance already? Yes. Yeah,
0: okay. oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Send your order in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, come it's along. All recorded, then. Hold, as well, hold on. Sprague. There's a Paul Sprague thing going on here. Oh, well, uh, What's he this say? His own badge. I need to put my glasses on. Paul Sprague going forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want one of them. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, okay. Then go on then. I'm sticking it onto my badge right. as we speak. Um, I have
3: a few left, if anyone's a diehard Paul Sprague.
0: <laughs> there. Okay, just for Paul, when you listen to this, that was two people. <laughs> 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 I think we should have a, a, a count here. How many of you believe uh, that again. Paul
2: Sprague is a comedy genius?
3: Yeah. One, two. Yeah,
2: How many of you yeah, man. believe that Paul Sprague is certifiable
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's about a 50 50s do you know he doesn't mind either way as long as he gets a bit of attention that's fine by him there i'm sticking that little paul sprague going forward on there he came to chicago who came to chicago did any of you go to of course you yeah Yeah, paul sprague was in chicago yeah Yeah. Yeah. why isn't he here because he's busy he's doing important things yeah my important thing is being here um yeah, who who has been desperately... You've been asking for a while, haven't you? You've, you're asking for it, you are.
3: Hi.
0: So, in
3: light of the missing TV episodes, yes. uh, I'm wondering what steps you're taking to preserve your output. I'm a librarian, so I okay. think of these things. <laughs> Especially with all the special stuff that
0: you're doing now. What you, you mean, uh, we don't sort of get the CDs back and chuck them away, if that's what you... You, know, they, you probably do. They didn't. go on a shelf. Yeah. They go on a shelf? <laughs> yeah. That's a start. Yeah. And of course, it's all digitally on our um, FTP site, you know, so it's all there. Small. My my thing, um, what an entrance. Brilliant. <laughs> I did that and everyone looked around at that poor person coming in. Are you just as the Schalker doctor? Yeah. The, yeah I recognise that. Yes, it's Richard E. Grant, everyone. Number eight and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was quite concerned about people preserving the dialogue masters of things Mm -hmm. being recorded in studio, but... Are you
1: working with any libraries? I don't know what
0: kind of... No. Anything with
3: BBC helping? No. Have
1: you ever thought of of working with any libraries?
0: No. But I'm I'm thinking about it now. It's a fair comment, actually. Yeah. Yeah, okay. As
3: somebody who works with this profession.
0: We're not, but I never want anything to vanish, you know, I'm very oh, much no, for posterity. No, 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 no. I am for posterity. <laughs> <The> <laughs> libraries are
3: all about preserving access yes. and keeping
0: copies of the cultural heritage. Yeah. Good are you implying that we're cultural heritage? <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Quite right, quite right. <laughs> <laughs> I just put, put my glasses on in a very learned fashion. Just mm. think,
2: in a hundred years' time, Nick, there'll be
0: a, a textbook about you. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already written the uh, the storyline. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I listened to uh,
2: Warship last night, and oh, yes. it was it yes, Blake Seven, and um, so it sounds like it's been w- well received. And if so, um, any more talks with uh, the rights holder about doing more full cast episodes? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I've got to say that's another example of something we've we've been on a good run recently I think because that's something that's gone down extremely well and I must admit that's got my um, uh, I can't my fan juices going
0: Ah. oh I know
2: are they going forward I was (laughs) going to say it's almost like having Paul Sprague here isn't it oh thank you Um, I'm a man of many voices uh, always a big Blake Mine 7 and fan, and, and whereas comp- the, uh, the Liberator Chronicles have been fantastic, and getting everyone back to do that has been great. Listening to the full cast back again doing Blake 7, and you know, it's just been I just listened to it, and bearing in mind, you know, how close we are to these productions, I listened to it went straight back to the beginning, and started again. And that's got to say something.
0: Yeah, I'm like that with everything I direct. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Nick? (laughs) I'm endlessly fascinated by my own work. (laughs) (laughs) Right, fair enough. Brilliant, though. It is, it's brilliant. And yes, I... Five minutes. I would hope. That's what that means. I would hope
2: we would uh, do a lot more.
0: Okay, we've got five minutes because the lady held up a, a figure five. Oh, I have I, fat in her first, otherwise she'll kill me. Oh, I won't do such
3: a thing. Okay. So, <laughs>
0: Jason, question for you.
3: I haven't yes. had a chance to watch it yet because it just came before I flew out here, but The Reign of Terror. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the animation project that Big Finish is connected with? Yeah, I mean. Reign of Terror? Yes. Reign of
2: Terror, yes. Well, Reign of Terror um, came about because. What can I say? We. Austin, I've known since we were about 16, uh, Austin Atkinson, Broadbent, um, or Austin Atkinson. Um,
0: He's lost a name. If any of you can name. find it, please return oh, it somewhere to somewhere. bigfinish.com. Um,
2: he, uh, he came to me and said uh, he'd, he'd started a bit of animation in Australia. Um, I was in Australia doing something else and uh, met up with him and we talked about it and we decided to pitch ourselves a few projects. This has led to an awful lot more. I've got to say, we've got um, three animation projects now with um, with major networks, um, including a um, which has been announced a 26-part series um, animation series with ABC. Um,
0: so it's uh, that's ABC in Australia. Yes,
2: not ABC in America.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the uh, and it's it's uh, it's great that we're doing this, but one of the the problems with the invasion was. It was, as you may have noticed, by the fact they did the invasion and stopped. It was not financially viable. One of the things we had to do was actually take a system and put it in place to be able to do on very limited budgets work which we would love to do to a very high quality. And um, so for that reason, Reign of Terror was very much a test um, a test, uh, what can you say? We, yeah. were, we, were, we were testing a lot of processes with it. So therefore, I think we, um, we've learnt an awful lot from Rain of Terror. It's been very well received. Um, there are a few comments about uh, cutting and about certain elements in the animation, which because the way we were doing it um, meant that uh, things were done rather fast because they had to be because the budgets were so low. Um, but uh, I think we've learnt from that. And um, it would be lovely if we get the chance to do some more. Should we just one last question?
0: Yes. It was you, wasn't it? Is it good? Is it good? This question.
3: You know, um, compared to the TV series, at least, especially for Doctor Who, it seems that a lot of the radio shows are very tragic. I I haven't seen a happy ending yet for them. In in the ones I've finished. Um, when you go over a story arc, what inspires you to be so tragic in these ah. endings?
0: <laughs> it's your life, isn't it, Nick? It's, uh, <laughs> well, uh, what inspires us to be so tragic in our storylines? I do think that's entirely true, you know.
2: But we were I suppose- picked up on uh, in Chicago about the fact that, uh, oh, there we go. Yes, it was you, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, we invest in, um, we've got two minutes left. We inv- You know, people invest in characters and some of them die. Yeah. Um,
0: but you know, there's an argument that that's have you what seen happened. our climate? You know, that's <laughs> we're all, all negativity. De- yeah. We're all de- depressed. It rains and it's so cold. <laughs> I think if yeah. we were producing it here, it might be a bit happier. Yeah, yeah. But but it's a, it's a point. Do you feel it's a bad thing that they're, they're tragic? I think the trouble is tragedy feels more realistic in some bizarre way. And when you're dealing with such fantastical things...
2: But also, if you look at it in real terms, the risks everyone's taking in the TARDIS... Yeah,
0: yeah. Things are going to go wrong. It's lucky any of them are still alive. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll stop being tragic. We'll be a bit more positive. How about that? What a positive end for the podcast. Yay! Thank you. Yes, and that was the end of our paddle at Gallifrey One, Los Angeles, 2013. Hmm. Well, it's goodbye from us, isn't it, Paul?
1: Yes, it's, bit, it's been nice to uh, be, be back with you on the podcast, Nick. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you. I'm, I'm glad I was here this time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what people should listen out for the Toby Haydock Who's Round Yeah, podcast. there's going to be a lot of them. Because we've got to keep up. If he's doing every story, we need to release, I think, about five podcasts a week, don't we? (laughs) Five
0: podcasts every three
1: minutes.
0: (laughs) And then, of course, it'll all turn to nonsense if he gets some incredible job and has to go off and do that. But anyway, we've
1: got our fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope he's not doing another Edinburgh show this year, because that's going to go for a burden, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's all terribly exciting. Yeah. Um, I
0: think it's time to go. Don't forget the Paul McGann sale. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Five pounds each. Yeah. 35 pounds in for series, 40 pounds for series four. Oh, this is such a slick ending. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.